Hey friends, welcome back to It Takes a Kampong. This is episode number two. If you're new here, hello! It Takes a Kampong is a podcast that takes a raw and honest look at life, parenting, and all the bits in between. I first found my guest Melissa when I came across her blog, allmyrainbows.com, when I was researching adoption in Singapore. Melissa's blog had a treasure trove of information on the process, details of her personal adoption journey, and chronicles of her life as a single mother. In this episode, we chat about the process of adopting her little girl, Caitlin, navigating single parenthood, and raising a teenager and a toddler at the same time. Here's our conversation. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to It Takes a Kampong. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making the time. Um, before we kick off, could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to adopt? Yeah, so I'm a single mom. Uh, I wasn't a single mom all the time. I mean, I was married. Uh, I had my biological kid. And then uh, after that, I mean, you know, sometimes things happen and the marriage didn't work out. So I embarked on the adoption journey after my divorce, actually, a few years after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And it was always something that I wanted to do since I was young, actually. I would attribute it to maybe the the media, you know, um, the newspapers of articles that I've read about children being adopted or even watch shows about and documentaries about how uh, adopted children, how they fed in their new family or giving them a second chance in life, mm-hmm. you know, to have a family. And I, I don't know why, but that, that image always really stuck in me all the way. And even as a teenager, I remember telling my mom that, you know, next time, and I would like to have my own children, but I would also like to adopt. You know, that was something I always had. So I guess after some time in my adulthood, when things seem to to be settled and I realized that hey maybe now is the time to do that. So yeah, I went I I went to hit and adopted my little girl. And yeah, so <laughs> that's just a little bit of the uh, about my family. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um I actually found you and your blog when I was doing some research about adoption in Singapore and what the process was and and I found you. So I, I read uh, the articles on your blog and you've painstakingly uh, detailed all the different uh, parts of that process. What was the most, uh, I guess, interesting or difficult part of the process when you started it? Information, I would say. Okay, I think that, that was what drove me to come up with the All My Rainbows uh, blog because I wanted to share whatever information I found on adoption and, you know, and hopefully help other parents who are looking to adopt as well. I mean, when I embarked on this, I was trying to find information online and the only information I could find would be the ones on the MSF website. Mm. Uh, I even knew someone who actually... who's actually a blogger as well, you know, about family life. And I knew that she had adopted her child. I approached her because I knew her personally. And I actually asked her for some of the, um, you know, like advice, uh, who she went to for help, that sort of thing, like the agents and everything. Mm -hmm. But I could 
sense there was a resistance in sharing of information. I mean, maybe it was too private. Uh, maybe they felt that, you know, it was invasive. I, but I really have no idea. But mm-hmm. I did get some tips, but then I realized that there was a lot more I wish I could have asked. But if you you sense that someone's hesitant to share, you wouldn't really probe already. So yeah. 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 So what, what I did was, on, on my on my blog, it's more of whatever I went through, whatever I found out, and I decided to just, you know, just put it all down so that anyone else can hopefully find it useful for them if they were to, if they decide to adopt, or even if they just want to find out more about adoption in Singapore. Yeah, I think that's that's such a nice reason to to want to start something. And it also serves as a bit of a, a, a diary for yourself to remember all the things that you had to go through in order to yeah, definitely. To adopt your little one. <laughs> definitely. As, you know, sometimes I just go back and check to make sure that my, whatever I said is still up to date. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just to make sure, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I go through it and sometimes I just read through or a friend happens to uh, come across an article and she goes, hey, you know, um, I, I just read about this. Wow, I didn't know about that and everything. And I go like, oh yeah, I wrote that, you know, and I, I will go back and take a look at what I said and yeah. Just it is memories, and hopefully it's something for my kids, uh, more so my little my girl, to yeah. yeah go back on and read next time in the future when she's older, if it's right. still around. I mean, if the blog's still around. Yeah, well, the internet is forever, so it should still be around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, your girl, um, Caitlin, she is four now, right? She's turning four in December. Wow. Mm. And you adopted her when she was about a few months old. Um, well, I first saw her when she was about two months old, actually. I think it was about eight weeks mm-hmm. and started the process after, after shortly after I, I met, I, I met her, you know, I would say I met her, our first meeting. And by the time she actually came to Singapore to be mine, she was already seven months. Right. Wow. So, yeah. So she's been with me since she was seven months old. And what was the... How did how did you arrive at the decision to adopt from Indonesia? Or was it more like you wanted to adopt in general? And then like what what exactly is that process like? Okay, so yeah, this is this is a very common question I get asked by a lot of uh, prospective parents, I would say. You know, mm. um they, they actually send me messages to ask me. Like which agent that I go through, what made me decide on the agent, uh, how did I come to know Caitlin, how did I meet her, why did I choose to adopt from Indonesia, why not Malaysia, all these questions will come, will come at me. And I will share with you what I said. Basically, what I tell them is I contacted a lot of agents. You know, I went through them, letting them know what I'm looking for. I mean, like more of like, a, I'm, I'm hoping for a girl. I mean, a lot of times they did ask, like, oh, there's no girls now, you want boys. You know? So mm-hmm. I said that, well, preference is a girl. You know, I do have a boy already, but I'm open. If, if really there are no girls, I'm open to boys as well. So it was more of like they started, these, these uh, various um, agents, they started sending me photos of, of, of available children. They yeah. were like, tell me short information, like this is how old, she, this is a boy or a girl, it's how old, from which country. And... To tell the truth, the very beginning was it was overwhelming because they started flooding my phone with photos of babies left, right, right and center. Right. You know, and, and and I realized that oh my goodness, it, it felt like I was in a marketplace and everybody was just hawking babies to me, you know. And, yeah, and it, it it really, really felt a bit okay. And I, I I was put in a position where how do I choose? Yeah. You know, um I I mean 
do I just pick the very first one that came to me? You know, um, do, do, do I ask more questions about babies? I mean, I had my mom telling me, when you choose a baby, try to find one that is maybe looks a bit similar to you. You know, um, the, the features might match you a bit better, that sort of thing. You know, that, that, that kind of, uh, these are the, yeah, I would say like, you know, parents, they will just try to give you these stuff guidelines you know on choosing a baby and I found it really awkward because it's like I want to adopt but I end up it looks like I'm shopping for a baby yeah I was just about to say it seems like it's such a commodity yes. it's not a human mm. being that you're and exactly you know, it, 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 it kind of dehumanizes the whole yeah. whole process you know and and I, I was a bit at a loss at the beginning when all these things came and I didn't know how to respond you know mm. um I I, I did speak to uh, like I said I spoke to many agents some of them really talked about babies as if they were a product to be sold you know they would tell me like don't worry about my babies I check them the quality is all good you know that, that kind of response and I'm like okay you know like seriously your quality I mean yeah. you know I, I really didn't know what to make of it honestly right. and so I for me I took the prayer okay I, I did pray to God to ask for guidance you know like I'm sure there is a baby that is meant for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to be the mom for this baby, you know. I mean, there are lots of babies who need parents, but I believe that there is always that one. You know, like some people, when they fall in love, they believe, that, oh, this is the one, mm-hmm. right? So I believe in that case, you know, if in my situation, that there would be a baby for me. Yeah. So what happened was one of the agents sent me a photo of Caitlin, yep. you know, and I was looking at it and it, because it, it came in at a time when I was flooded with photos. So one night I just decided to just sit through and go through all the messages again, look through it, all the photos again. And Caitlin's photo stuck up. Okay. I I don't know. There was just something about, about her picture. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I won't say that she was a beautiful baby and that's why I was attracted to it. No, okay. In fact, my mom and I used to joke that she's an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I started asking more questions, you know. I, I just asked her some more questions and everything. And then he was like, do you want to just fly down and go and see her? You know, that sort of thing. And it was the first time someone, one of the agents actually asked me, do you want to just meet the baby? So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, you know, that's all. So I asked my mom, you know, um, would you, would you want to come with me? Just take a bit, you know, just take a quick flight, budget flight to Indonesia, take a look, see how it is. And my mom, of course, she said yes. Yeah. So if you, if really, you don't um fly over, what is the step before that? Most of the time, oh yeah, because some people I think they, they I I've I read of some parents who they don't even bother meeting the baby. They they don't feel the need. They just feel like, okay, there's a baby that needs another thing, I'll just take. You know that oh, kind of thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there, there are some. There, there are some families that you really seriously respect them, okay? Because they will take any babies, even if the baby has any um health issues, you know, and they will just adopt as long as the baby needs a home. So, in my in my case, it was more of like the I was given the opportunity to fly down to to meet her. So I went down with my mom, and I was actually very excited. You know, it's like okay, I'm actually going to meet the baby, you know. And when I first saw Caitlin, it was, okay, I, I would love to say that it was love at first sight. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more of when I went up with her and I looked at her, I, I asked the agent, I said, this looks like a very different baby from the one you sent a picture of. Oh. And the only reason that I knew after that it was really her was because of her birthmark. I mean, it was in the photo it's, and it was on her. 
So that confirmed that it was her. But I, I did ask why is it the photo you know so different. Mm. So I, I mean I never got an answer. But all I know is that the mo- she was sleeping when I first saw her, and then when I when I went up to her, suddenly she just opened the eyes and stretched, and it was like. <laughs> It was like at the moment I just wanted to carry her. So I asked that they said, Yeah, sure, go ahead. So I carried her, you know, and I spent the whole almost the whole afternoon with her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, feeding her, listening, listening to her scream for her milk, uh, you know, putting her to bed, that sort of thing. I even had a quiet time when it was just the two of us. The nanny wasn't around to watch. Yeah. So I yeah, just to spend some time in singing with her, talking to her, and and realized that I was actually doing little videos of of, of, of you know, like, hey, you know, um, you know, say hi. You know, I was even really calling her by her name already. It was funny because I've always wanted a daughter named Caitlin. Right. You know, and, and when I saw her, it was it, it just there was something clicked, you know. I and you know what, what the Chinese say, gum right? There's mm-hmm. there's this feeling. Yeah. And and after I left that place, I I was missing her. I was missing her. You know, and I wish I could have just grabbed her and just brought her home immediately on the spot, but of course I yeah. couldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was like I came back and my, for my mom, my mom when she when she saw Caitlin, she was more like, Wow, she's so dark. Her skin is so dark. That's all my mom was saying. <laughs> saying that she was so tan, you know, and <laughs> and my mom was like, Is you sure she's Chinese? you know? And I was like telling my mom, you know it's Indonesia, you know, um, it may not she may have mixed blood from down the road, you know, her yeah. her, her ancestors and all that may have mixed marriages I mean we don't know they say that she's Chinese but she could have mixed blood right. and I kept telling and then, and then the agent knew my mom's concern I kept reassuring my mom they were lightened they were lightened the skin tone were lightened so, mm. so that one was that was just it wasn't even a concern for me about the skin tone yeah. I remember Joshua when he was born he was also quite tan you know uh, myself as a kid I was tan you know and I'm like thinking Look at me now, I'm fair. So I, I don't think the skin was really an issue with skin color. Yeah. Yeah. So came back and then um the agent told me to decide within a few days whether or not I wanted to start the the process. Okay. So why why a few days? I mean it's a pretty big life decision. Oh, to them they're always like the if you don't want someone else to want, you know, that kind of thing. Because they to, to them it's like the longer they keep the baby in the in on a weakness, that kind of thing, it's the baby is growing older. Oh dear. You know, okay. Yeah. So, like I said, it's really marketing. They're, they're, they're really just selling babies in that way. And, and it's quite sad like, because, especially if you think about the production fees, yeah. the, the, the amount you're paying, it really looks like you're buying a baby. And it's a very sad thing. Uh, they always say that, you know, the, the money pays for, you know, uh, I have no idea. There's so many things they say that it pays for. It pays for the nanny, it pays for this, it pays for the paperwork, it pays for, I have, for like, you know, the, the milk that the baby, they have to feed the baby, that sort of thing. And, and of course, they say that they give a sum to the to the birth mother as well. Right. So, you can say all you want, but from what I've seen, they are really just selling babies. Okay. Can yeah. I ask, was there, was it an option for you to adopt locally? I, I don't know what that um, mm, yeah. demand I mean, is that, here. That was an option. I mean, for me, that was hopefully actually the first option because even though know, if it's in Singapore, it would be less messy it'll be a very straightforward yeah but it's very low chance in singapore unless you know someone who wants to give up their child uh there are no orphanages in singapore yeah and yeah so most of the time if there's any adoption that's happening in singapore it's 
is because the, the birth mother didn't want the baby. Uh, or you have, you know a friend of a friend or a relative of a relative, you know, that sort of thing who knows someone who has a baby that they want to give up for adoption. Mm. Yeah. Or even for cases where the parents are unable to look after the baby, then they give up. But it's very rare in Singapore. Right. Yeah. So most of them would like to go to Malaysia, actually, because they said Malaysian babies are easier, you know, less of hassle. Indonesia does involve a lot more paperwork, plus the government there is a bit slower. You know, they, they take their own sweet time. And I know that because it took over a month for Caitlin to get her passport. Mm. Mm. Wow, that sounds like an ordeal in itself. The beginning was, the, the first few months was really, really a stressful time. You know, um, I, I must share that Caitlin wasn't the only baby I saw. Yeah. So during the few days that I had to decide whether or not to go ahead with adopting Caitlin, another agent contacted me with a baby that was only a week old from Malaysia. And she invited me to go down to take a look. Okay, so that baby was in Singapore. They brought the baby into Singapore already. So I, it was easier for me to just drive down and, you know, like see the baby. Mm-hmm. And I went down. You know, the baby, the baby's a pretty baby. This one's a very sweet looking baby. Uh, and she was really small. And like you just imagine, you know, like a, just about a week old, mm. all bundled up. And I. I went over, I carried her, you know, I helped to give her a bit of milk, which is so sad because I always think that, you know, one week old, shouldn't they be drinking their mom's milk instead yeah. of drinking formula? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I spent, I spent a few hours there as well. I didn't want to inconvenience the nanny, you see, because she apparently had like three to four babies on, on hand at the moment that she was caring for. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I spent time with the baby. I sent photos to my mom, you know, and even though the baby was a very sweet baby, really very pretty features. But as I carried her, all I was just thinking was, I didn't feel the dancing there. There was no, there was, I didn't feel the bonding feel. It, it's very different, you know. Um, with, when, I, when I carried Caitlin and when I had to part from her, there was that feel of you don't want to let her go. Mm. You know, you, you, like she belongs to you. Where, where's the second baby? She, I mean, well, well, she's sweet. I love babies. Okay, she's sweet and all, but it, it it just felt like she was just a friend's baby that I'm visiting. Right. That you know, uh, yeah, you're cute and everything. I'll play with you and all, but not so much on on that. I, I think maybe because my heart was already with Caitlin. Yeah. You know, it was it was kind of like I was thinking about her. and I and and in seeing the second baby, it really determined. It, it made it it made me reach my decision even faster that way because I realized that I'm gonna go ahead. You know, and, and 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 start the adoption process for Caitlin. Yeah, you mentioned that you know it's a pretty hefty financial investment when it comes yeah. to this. Are you able to yeah. share like a rough range of how much it costs? Okay, so the different agents. I mean, most of them they they will tell you upfront how much the whole process will cost. Mm. Okay, uh, I've had quotes from twenty eight thousand up to thirty six thousand. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't must say must, must mention that it's thousands, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just realized I was redundant there when I said thousand and k. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay, so I, I mean, of course, you know, when you hear the the the, the word price, once you start asking questions like, okay, you know, uh, why is it some charge more? And one agent said that of course because her quality of babies were better. That's what she said. And there were others who said that, you know, uh, I, I, don't need, I don't need a lump sum payment now. You, we go through the whole process and at the end, once the baby is in your arms, confirmed, you know, then you pay the lump sum. 
another one says they pay by they, they accept by installment so each stage of of the uh, adoption process as it completes you pay an installment you pay mm. a sum yeah no and then you pay up the balance at the end once you receive the child's birth cert. yeah yeah so this is this was the range that i had so i for myself i ended up I include I include the cost of even all the forms and all, uh, you know, getting the dependent pass and everything from MSF. Huh? I'm including all these costs in. Mm. Uh, it was roughly about third about thirty to thirty one thousand, I would say, for me. Right. In the end, yeah. Wow, that is quite a big investment. Yeah, I know, and, right? It, I mean, it 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 must be nothing compared to being able to have Caitlin in your arms. It was like, you know, I had to go through all that, you know, the ex- whatever amount of money spent, or whatever headaches and stress I went through with the whole process, everything was just worth it. The moment she came home, the moment, you know, it shows that I'm her mom on the birth cert. Mm. You know, e- everything else, it's like, you know, I even, when I look back on it, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not even yeah. thinking about the money. I spent. I'm not, not even thinking yeah. about, about the stress, you know, even though I am sharing it uh the journey with others yeah but that's not that's no longer the main thing i remember you see i always remember meeting her i always remember carrying her and knowing that i want her to be mine yeah, even when she's screaming her head off now and she's showing <laughs> temper tantrums yeah you know i look at her and i go like you're mine no matter what, no matter how cheeky or whatever you are you're mine <laughs> yeah i mean it, i think it's important that people have that reality of what it's like in terms of both the practical sense of the, the cash outlay and also the the challenges that they might face along the way. Is there anything that you wish you had known before you adopted? I mean, okay, other than the fact that MSF really takes a long time to process anything, to, to approve anything, that one was very tedious, you know. Um, I kind of wish that I had known some of the you know it's kind of like you know, when you're running on a clock here you know like like the, the the child has a permit and then you you need to get everything approved before that type, that deadline and stuff and sort of thing it's very very stressful yeah you know and out of the whole process I would say that the one negative thing that came up from the whole thing there's only one negative thing I think it's not so much about letting people know. But it's also that, you know, companies in Singapore may not necessarily be very receptive to the adoption thing. Mm. I mean, when, when people go on maternity leave, when, you know, they're pregnant, they give birth and everything, right? all, all this is like part and parcel, you know, Every, everything's, there's a norm here. But for me, when I informed my company that I was in the process of adopting, it wasn't really met very positively. Because I I, I guess they feel like you're adopting, that's like a choice, not like, you know, you're pregnant, that your baby's coming in, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, that sort of thing. It was right. more of like, why are you choosing to adopt, you know? And, and I actually was outplaced. I wouldn't say retrenched, but I was outplaced during my adoption leave. Because of it? It was a factor. Because when I was actually appealing, appealing to the managers and all, one of them actually very blatantly said, well, you weren't in the office, so out of sight, out of mind, you know, that sort of thing. And I, I, I mean, I tried, I tried to make a big fuss about it. I, I tried to fight for my job, you know, to keep my yeah. job. But I, I realized that, you know, do I really want to continue working for a company 
<laughs> there are things that we yeah I was just yeah. about to say <laughs> you know like you know so I mean it, it was and that was very tough because that meant I was jobless yeah you know and I was busy trying to bond and settle it settle Kate in you know and yeah that, that was a very stressful time for me so I guess I know your question was what you, I wish I had known you know to share with other parents um is that the stigma I guess, of, of adopting, especially as a single mom, you know, everybody would just think like, you're adopting as a single mother. So, you know, you have to figure out how about childcare and everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, so if, if you're working, you have to make sure that everything at home is settled. Yeah. You know, they, they're, not, they're not going to be more understanding to you just because that you don't have another partner or, or you know, husband or whatever to help you along with the childcare parts. So, even when I, when I'm, I worked in other companies after that, yeah, being a single mom was something that, that I realised Work against me, so it's just something I overcame. I slowly overcoming, and yeah, I, I, it wasn't nice actually. It's not a nice feeling knowing that people are biased against you just because I'm raising a child mm-hmm. as a single mom. I've had people tell me that, you know, is it fair to the child? You know, you you adopt her and she doesn't get to have a complete family. You know, no father, mother, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. This, this, I would say, is more on my part as a single parent because I do have people asking me saying that they are interested to adopt as a single parent as well. So this is something more for the singles out there who wish to adopt. You know, you have to be prepared regarding your work. You have to be prepared that people will look at you in that way. They will think, why are you doing this to a child? That sort of thing. And yeah. I would say that it, what makes a family really? You know, there are some families that it's the grandparents who are raising the child. They have no they have no father or mother. Uh, there are some who, yes, you know, uh, not by choice, widowed, you know, things like that. So I mean, I I I don't want to say that the traditional father, mother, child, families dynamic is the only way to go. Yeah. You know, there are many ways a family is, and most importantly, is that a family is where you are with loved ones and you are accepted as who you are. Yeah, definitely. I I completely agree and. I, I was raised by a single mom as well. Like my my dad unfortunately passed away when I was nine. So okay. it, I mean, like what you mentioned, it wasn't by choice necessarily, but mm-hmm. I I completely I I'm not a single mom myself, but I have, you know, gone through that experience of being raised by one and I know how difficult it can be and how important it is to have that good support system around you to to help you along the way and just because it's not a traditional family unit doesn't mean that it's any less a family so exactly you must have seen how your mom struggled right you know I mean, i'm sure you've seen your mom through her ups and downs raising yeah. you as a yeah. single parent yeah you mentioned the the stigma that people still face both you know with adopting but also as a single parent what is that reality for you as a single parent the good thing about being a single parent is that you make all the parenting decisions. <laughs> you don't have to fight with uh, <laughs> your partner about, you know, what your children eat, what time they go to bed, that sort of thing. I make okay, the decisions, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's also very, t- the disadvantage is that if the children gang up against you, you're alone, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there are ups and downs, you know. And for me, I guess um, the being a single parent, I mean, some people say that you have your own kid already, so why are you adopting another one? You know, why are you giving unnecessary stress to yourself? That's one, that's one thing. Yeah. Some of my close friends actually ask me, your older one is already almost a teenager, you know, you're almost halfway there to freedom. Why are you shackling yourself down again to another little one? Mm-hmm. 
you know, that sort of thing. And yeah, I know sometimes I do ask myself a question as well, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, I, I if, to be honest, I do ask myself sometimes like, oh my goodness, you know, I could have had freedom, but here I am going through the whole kindergarten stage again. Yeah, I'm going to go through the primary school and PSLE and everything all over again. Yeah. Yeah, but then when you look at that little one, it, you you don't think about all those things after that. You know, when day to day goes by, you're making sure that your children are looked after. You know, their welfare is taken care of, and seeing them grow. You know, and I I think all that just all this other nitty gritty stuff just goes away. Even though I'm a single mom, yes, the the struggle I do have is like you know HBL or everything, the children or childcare, hand foot mouth or whatever, being closed for sanitization. Um, I'm stuck looking after. I don't have exactly a really strong support plan in that sense. My parents will step in to help out if if really there's an emergency. Yeah, they would help me to look after. I mean, my older one is now old enough to just stay in his room and do his own stuff. See, so it's fine. It's more of my little one. Mm. And then when I'm working from home, it can get tough. So I've learned to balance my time, you know, like occupy her in between my work. I don't like give her an assignment or give her like this page full of stickers that she can go and, you know, like <laughs> cover it up and everything or or let her do writing. She loves to to, to write, you know, she's yeah. trying to write. But those are things like that. We just occupy little activities. And, yeah. and she's gotten quite well uh, in the sense where I tell her now that, okay, mommy has a work meeting or something. So she will stay quietly in her room and wait until I'm done. And you're still working full-time, right? Yes, I'm working full-time. Yeah, wow. Um, I remember during the whole COVID thing, I was jobless for about nearly half a year. Mm-hmm. That was very stressful because, yeah, well, you know, you're jobless. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're dealing with the time there was this whole circuit breaker thing and all that. So the kids are all at home. Yeah. You know, and it was a very trying time. Um, it, I had to dig into my savings, you know, just to... To tie it over during that tough time so yeah they, you never know what life throws at you i guess so it's just always be prepared you know and make the best out of things i mean while i was at home i just you know like just come up with activities to do with the kids mm-hmm. um try to do some freelance work that was that was my tough time trying to find some freelance work um, i had friends who generously pass me their freelance gigs so that I could earn money. Yeah. 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 So that was a tough time. You know, and, and as, as a single mom, it's more stressful because it's like you're the only person who's earning the income. Yeah. yeah. So things like that. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of struggles. Everybody has their own struggle. Mine, mine may seem uh, minuscule compared to other people. Well, no, it's, it's no less valid. And thank you for sharing. And I'm sorry that you had to go through such a tough time. Yeah, anyway, it's over. You know, we've come out from it stronger. Yeah. You mentioned um, Joshua as well. He's, he's nearly a teenager. Actually, he is a teenager. He's 15 <laughs> now, right? Yes, he's 15. <laughs> he's a teenager. Yep. Yeah. And it's a fairly big age gap between him and Caitlin, who's four. What was the process like when you um, wanted to adopt Caitlin and bring her home? Like, was he part of that process as well? How did you broach it with him? So when I actually decided to, okay, you know, this is it. Let's go into this and 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 see how, you know, like, like now is the time for me to do it. Okay, it, it felt right. Like this was the time. So I, of course, I spoke to my parents. I also spoke to Josh. So I, I when I spoke to him, I brought up how when he was younger, he would have, he actually asked me, mommy, you know, um, can I get a little brother? I, I remembered this when he was young. He asked me about it. Yeah. But of course, at the time, it, 
I, I mean, I had difficulty conceiving even him. So to me, I'm like, you know, uh, maybe when the time is right, you might have a little sibling next time. So I asked him, I said, do you remember when you asked me for that? You know, and well, mommy is now thinking that now will be the time to maybe give you a little brother or little sister. You know, and, and then he looked at me and he was like, yes, but I think you want a girl, right? He actually asked me <laughs> that. I think he knew that I wanted a girl. Yeah. So I said, well, I've had a boy, you know, it would be nice to have a girl, but it doesn't matter. So I explained to him that I was actually thinking of adopting because I said, you know how it takes a daddy and a mommy to make a baby. And since mommy is now alone, you know, I'm not with daddy anymore. So mommy can't have a baby on her own. So I'm looking to find a baby who needs a home. So I, I explained to him very quickly that how, how adoption works. Mm -hmm. And he was actually quite quiet. He didn't respond, you know, and I wasn't sure whether or not he actually got, understood what I said. And it was a few days later when I brought it up to him. I asked, Josh, do you remember what we spoke about the other day about the baby? And then he, he, he said, yes, he remembered. So I said, do you have any questions? You know, is there anything you'd like to ask me? And I was surprised at what he asked, actually. He actually asked me, you know those babies that need to find a family? I said, yes. Where do they come from? Mm. Why doesn't anyone want the babies? What happened to their own mother and father? So, so to me, I was, I was like, wow, you know, he actually thought of that. You know? And yeah. yeah, so it was a bit profound for me at that moment. <laughs> so I actually, so it also made me realize that he was thinking about what I had shared with him. Yeah, he yeah. sounds like such a sensitive and empathetic boy. He is a sensitive boy. Empathetic, I'm not too sure, but anyway, he's a teenager now, so I have no idea what's going on <laughs> in his mind. But yeah, he was always a very sweet little boy. So I explained to him about how sometimes people, you know, sometimes they have a baby, but they are unable to look after the baby. So they rather the baby go to a family that is able to look after them, to provide for them. Mm -hmm. um, I also said that sometimes there are cases. I, I mean, I brought up even teenage pregnancies to him, you know, uh, kind of like preempting him, you know, like, you know, to be careful in the future. Um, like, you know, some, sometimes, you know, when you're young and you don't understand, you know, and then they get pregnant, but they're too young to be a mother. So they would give up the baby for adoption. I mean, I wanted to give him different various, you know, various options of why people would even give up the baby. Yeah. So, so like he was like, oh, okay. You know, so I said, so what do you think, you know, if mommy finds one of these babies and bring home to be your little brother and little sister? So he was like, okay. You know, he just did a very simple, like, nonchalant, okay. You know, <laughs> so I was yeah. like, okay. So to me, if he had resisted at all, I think this whole journey would have just ended right there. If he had resisted, said, no, I don't want, I don't want a younger brother or sister. Um, I want to be an only child. I, you know, if anything, if he had said anything, I would have just respected his decision as well. Okay. So I was relieved, of course, when he was like, even though he just went, okay, you know, but I was relieved. And then, of course, speaking to my parents was another thing because they also had a lot of reservations. Yeah. Uh, I can still remember my parents were like, okay, but if you need help, you don't come to us. Huh? We've already done taking care of all the grandkids. You know, we're done. We're done. We want to enjoy our golden years. That's what they said. <laughs> but you should see them now. They are like all fawning over Caitlin and everything. Always calling and asking about her. No longer asking about me. They're calling to ask, how is Caitlin? How is she? You know, and yeah. everything. Yeah, they, they love her. They adore her. You know? And I mean, I remember what my parents told me. They did say that if you go ahead and adopt, Rest assured that we will love your child like you know as if she's really our biological grandchild. There'll be no difference. 
Yeah. And, and, and yeah, they have really proven that. <laughs> yeah, that's so, amazing. So for George, when, when he first... I mean, I shared every journey with him. So every time I'm like, oh, look, there are some pictures I show him. Or if there's a video of her, I'll, show, I'll share it with him. And I would like let him know... Because like, he did ask, like, so when is the baby coming over? Because he knows I went to see Caitlin. So he's like wondering, when's the baby coming over? You know, yeah. So I will just update him as and when. You know, I'll let him know, like, oh, now we're waiting for the passport. Or, oh, now we're applying for the dependent pass. You know, that sort of thing. Like, so he, he's in the journey with us, you see. Yeah. And, and when, when she first came home, I remember, you know, he just came home from school. And when he first met her, I mean... Josh has always been sweet, you know. He 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 loves to play soft toys. So immediately he grabbed the soft toy and started using it to dance in front of her. You know, that sort of thing. Like trying to trying to engage her. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I would say that during the uh, earlier part, he he would actually try to play, but he would never uh, offer to change diapers, of course. And he would not offer to feed her. I think he was he was not confident enough of doing those things. So that's fine. But like sitting down, playing with her watching her when I go and cook, that sort of thing. Yeah. Reading storybooks to her, all these things he does. Uh, it's only lately that ever since he became a teenager, full-fledged teenager, that he's a bit more distant. But I guess it's because maybe he doesn't really know how to interact with her now, now that she's a talking, walking toddler yeah. with never-ending questions. So he does find her annoying sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I get to see some sibling rivalry here now. More yeah. of like... She worships her brother, by the way. Everything he does, everything he says, she it, it's just like wow to her. You know, if he even just sits down to play Lego with her for a while, she's announcing it to me. Mommy God was playing with me. You know, that, that sort of thing. She just loves any attention that the big brother gives to her. Mm-hmm. And for George, I mean he has his sweet moments with her, but he's also he's also finding his way, you know. He's 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 also trying to um uh discover his own individuality so yeah. yeah so so i think he's a bit distant now but i'm i'm hoping you know that uh they will be close in some way you know at least he will big brother to look out for her and she always knows that she has this big brother she can turn to yeah i think age gaps are always a little bit tough to navigate because it's not something you can fix but when i asked the question it was more like do children feel that just because i'm not biologically related to someone that they are not considered my sibling or my family and as you've described this isn't something that joshua is impacted by at all Mm, yeah i I don't think he's ever I've never seen him like mention or anything mm. uh, that she's not my real sister. You know, he has never said that. Whenever yeah. his friends like ask, you know, like they are talking to him, and then when she comes babbling into his room, talking, 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 he'll be like asking, "Who is that? Who is that?" And he'll be like, "Ah, my sister." Or he, you know, that's all. So at least he's the fact that he doesn't say that you know, or deny or anything that she is a sister. He has never said that you know, oh, uh, she's not biologically my sister or anything. You know, so right. that to me that is like few you know and for Caitlin well she's too young to really understand that whole biological thing yeah you know, to her mommy is mommy Coco is Coco yeah you know? and 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 to, to her we are her family she loves my parents and all and it's not to say that we have I have not brought up anything about adoption to her I mean ever since she was a baby I've read storybooks to her uh, that actually introduced adoption these these were all recommended storybooks by by um, the agents well, actually, not really so much. More of the government agency, you know, because mm. the one that I went through the HSR with, they when they interviewed me and they run workshops 
for adoptive parents. Um, they do recommend like you know some storybooks, and they really really emphasize on how we should not hide from our child that they are adopted. Yeah, you know they say to be honest with them from the very beginning because it is a foundation for them. And if they grow, and if we and if we hide the fact that they are adopted, and they find out when they are older, you know it's kind of like their world will collapse in a way, and we will have to rebuild the whole relationship from the start. Yeah, definitely. So for yeah, I mean, all this was like wow, you know, it really, it really stood out to me, and so I did get some of these books. Yeah, plus I love books anyway. So to me, it's just more books to read. Yeah, and I and I started reading to her these books ever since she was a baby. You know, ever since she could sit down with in my lap or whatever, or even when she's toddling around, you know, crawling around, um, read these books to her, and she actually likes to listen to these stories. So the stories would be like, um, you know, how this animal is looking for a mom, and the mom eventually finds someone who is willing to be the mom, even though the mom doesn't look anything like like him. Mm. You know, and, and it is to let them know. I think this is more, it applies more for those families, like if it's a Caucasian adopting an Asian, that kind of thing, you see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but I think it still applies because it's like, you know, a family isn't about looking identical. It doesn't mean that you look like someone, then they're your family. And she loves these stories. The funny thing is, these were, among, these were actually some of her favorite stories. I've even got books about different kinds of parents. So, you know, single parents or even children raised with grandparents or even if you want to be more progressive, you know, the same gender parents. All these these are books that, you know, just, just opens up her eyes, you know, introduces her to a world that family units can differ. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's just little things like that, you know, um, for her to read and we'll even I would even talk to her and like, oh, you know, um about your birth. Oh yes, yes. I must. I must share this because because now she's older and she 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 talks a lot. Now. One day she we were looking at at um at some pictures of a baby and a pregnant woman and about how the baby was in her tummy. So Caitlin actually pointed to my tummy and said, "I was in your tummy." She kept pointing to my tummy, and I explained to her, "Oh, you were in your birth mommy's tummy." You know, but then after that, when you came out, you know, then you came into mommy's arms. Mm-hmm. So I was like letting her know that then you came to mommy's arms, you know. So at first she was confused. Then I said that you were not in my tummy. I said, but you were in another mommy's tummy. You know, so I, it's, it's like kind of like just to reinforce with her. And and then of course, um, give her lots of cuddles. You know, I said that you know when you when mommy first carried you when you were a baby, you know, uh, I cuddled you so that you knew that I was your mommy. So yeah. and she just and, and she and she just left it up. She loved that and she kept asking me to hug her more so yeah so I, I feel like you know the, the, these are baby steps you know? now now she as she gets older as she gets older more and more information will be given to her depending on whether or not she's ready to listen so you make it you know in short it's just to make it age appropriate yeah I think we go into too much into too much details now she wouldn't get it anyway yeah yeah sure. but she does know that babies come from a mommy's tummy they, yeah so so she knows that and, and now we're just trying to explain to her about how it is. Uh. Yeah. Once she does get to a point where she's mature enough to understand, do you think she might ever want to discover who her birth mother might be? Well, if she is, I'm prepared. Because I actually asked for a copy of the birth parents' um, details. Right. I, I've kept them aside. Because I I mean, my agent asked me, why do you want to know? You know, I just think if ever she wants to find mm. at least she has something to, to start on. You know, instead of a blank page, at least she has something to go on. Yeah. And if she really wants to meet her her, her biological parent, I'm I'm not gonna stop her from it. I mean yeah. 
yeah, I think it's with kids, uh, the more you hide, the more they feel that they need to find out. Yeah, definitely. You know, the more they feel like, you know, is there something wrong? You know, is there something bad about it? That's why you don't want to tell me. So it's best to be just open with them. If, you know, there was that option to carry the child biologically, would that have been an option for you? Um, I did look at adopting. I mean, when I went on forums, I actually asked if anybody knew someone locally who was who wanted to uh, to give up their child. And, and then I actually came across uh, this 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 forum. I mean, somebody actually responded to my post and asked me if I would be interested to actually carry my own child. And I was like, how is that possible? Because in Singapore, sperm we don't have sperm banks for single parents, right. single moms right. in a way, you know, and. They, and you know, in Singapore, it's not like I can freeze eggs. I can't freeze my eggs here either. Yeah. You know, if I want to freeze eggs, it has to be overseas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so all these options for single moms are out. So when this person approached me, he mentioned that he and his wife actually had frozen a few of their eggs. So they were actually asking me whether I would be interested to get a donor egg from them. Wow. Yes, you know, and, and of course to me, it was really like definitely something I would consider if it was allowed and sadly enough we found out it's not because even if you want to even if you you want a donor egg it's also only for married people. i see even i mean that's if you were to be inseminated in singapore correct so i mean yeah if and there were options but to me it's like um while i would have loved to have you know been able to carry my own baby again it falls back to my childhood dream which was to actually adopt mm. yeah so it goes back there you see and and even though it would have been nice. But my what I had wanted, even as a young kid, was I wanted to be able to adopt a child and give that child a family. Yeah. And and how incredibly generous of that couple as well to be able to offer that up to somebody that they don't know. They already had the number of children they wanted. They didn't want any more, they said. <laughs> um, but they had, had frozen already some embryos. Mm. And so that's why they actually said that they were open to actually donating them. Uh, yeah, and the, the only the only thing that they wanted, that I mean, the only thing required on my part is that we had to be very truthful about our names. You know, we had to. Uh, that means basically they they will need to know my name, the child's name, and everything. I think this was all to prevent in case our children do meet and grow up, and you know, it's it's to prevent that. Right. 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 Yeah, you understand, yeah. right? Yeah, because if yeah, siblings, if they they are actually biological siblings, and that would be yeah disastrous. So, so I think that 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 was the only thing that they required from from me. You know, that means it wouldn't be an anonymous donation thing. They need to know who they're donating to. Got it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time so far. I really enjoyed speaking with you, and I also really enjoyed reading your blog. So, getting the opportunity to speak to you at length is an absolute pleasure, and I hope you enjoy yourself as well. Yeah, nice talking to you. Thank you very much for actually, you know, um, contacting me and wanting to find out more. So, no, not at all. It's been lovely. Um, I guess to end off, would you have any advice or tips for? people that might be starting their adoption journey? I guess for those who are looking to adopt or even thinking about it, you know, like whether or not it's the right path for them, yeah. just know that adopting as a single parent, it will be definitely a big challenge because ideally, they only prefer married couples to adopt. And for myself, I just found that adopting as a single person just meant extra steps, you know, um, a longer waiting time with uh, approvals. For myself, I actually had 
more friends write references for me, character references, you know, even though they only require like one or two. Mm. I had more because I just wanted to help my case because I'm single. You know? um, plus, I already have my own biological child. So all the more they will ask that, why do I want? You know, and, and I was worried about ending up on the bottom list of, you know, like those who are approved to adopt. And the process in Singapore is very tedious, okay? There are lots of steps that are involved, a lot of parties you have to go through. And be prepared that your financial life or your finances, everything about your life will be invaded. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you you, you will have to be transparent about your spendings. You have to be transparent about anything you have, even your insurance. Uh, I was asked the question about, my insurance and as well as my older kids' uh, insurance and saying that whatever your older one has, will, the, will this adopted child have as well? You know, they just want to make sure that we will be fair to the adopted child. And yeah, I mean, just just, just be prepared that everything about your life will be scrutinized during that whole process. Yeah. You know, and it's not just a hefty sum that you'll be coming up with. You know, you'll be emotionally spent, okay? mentally, emotionally. It's definitely a very tough journey that you'll be going through. Yeah. However, always just look forward to the end because the end is basically when you have that baby in your arms, you know, and everything would have been worth it, you know. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. <laughs> so just just be prepared, you know, that you have to be you have to be open to everything. You know, they will ask everything. So all your banking, your fine, your home loans, uh, every, anything about your life involving money will be will definitely be out in the open. Um, be prepared to answer questions because your family members or even the old-fashioned aunties and uncles you may have will start going to the why are you adopting? Mm. They will definitely do that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, always stand by what you believe in, what your main goal is. You know, it's just, you just want a family. You just want to give a child a family. Yeah. You know? uh, think of it as you are just bringing your baby home to your home because, you know, maybe it's your baby who's born in another country. Yeah. But it's your baby who happened to be born to another person. But it's actually yours. So I like to think of it as, you know, um, like Caitlin, you know, she may not have been born from me, but she was born in my heart. So that's how I, that, that's how I tell myself, you know, and that's how I describe it to those who ask me that same question mm. about why I wanted to adopt really kudos to those who are going to embark on a journey of adoption and to stay strong never give up because sometimes when you go through when you go through the government and you go through all the paperwork and everything it's like you just want to throw all the papers up in the air <laughs> the, 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 the tedious forms okay yeah but yeah to say the least <laughs> yeah i know right if you really want to give a child a home and you really want this child you know, nothing else matters. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I wish um, there are more courses or more workshops, you know, like like um, support groups for single parents. I realised that even though I uh, I went through an agency and all, they, they would invite me for workshops, but when I attend them, it's the issues that we have, you know, are very different because most of them are mm. couples. Mm. So they don't exactly have the same issues as a single parent, you know, and I wish there were more support groups for that. Yeah, which is also why I'm, I'm open to people messaging me because you know you never know. I mean, we may actually end up forming a little support group of our own, and yeah, I mean it's not easy. Um, 
don't expect that once the baby is in your home, that everything will be la-di-da because you will definitely have moments where you doubt yourself whether or not you made the right decision. Yeah. I have had concerns on whether did I make the right decision? You know, did I deprive Caitlin of maybe having a better family? I sometimes wonder that. And I realized after that that I am her family. You know, there is no other family for her. I am her family. Okay, and you will have doubts, you know. These things will come and go. I mean, th- this is just being very open here because all parents, even themselves, or even those who, who have biological children, sometimes you do wonder, are you doing the best for them? Yeah. You know, and I think that is a step of you being a good parent because you put your children's needs first. Mm. You are worried about whether or not, you know, they have everything that they really need. Yeah. It doesn't have to be material wealth, you know. It, it's just being there for them, the love and the support. Yeah, and, and that is something that prospective parents should also consider that they may have they, they may go through these periods where they are overstressed, just you know, and, and they start to wonder whether or not they can love this other child as their own. Yeah. All I can say is if you have those thoughts, just always remember why you even wanted to adopt in the first place. Why you even wanted this little one to be a part of your family. Yeah. Focus on those instead instead of focusing on what you're lacking. Yeah. Just just always remember the cuddles. Always remember how this little one will look up to you as you are their mom or you are their dad. They they love you unconditionally. Just don't let all those doubts hinder you in being the parent that you really can be for your child. Mm-hmm. So for for my little girl, she yes, I have trying times with her. Because she's a stubborn little one. <laughs> and I find that sometimes she and I, our characters, both are very strong. And we do clash at times, you know. Um, battle of wits or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the end of the whole day, the, you know, even though we may have little like, tantrums and all that, but at the end, in the night, with a hug and a kiss, and she goes to bed, it's like, everything is right. Mm. Everything is right. Yeah. You know? Just think of it. I'm sure you've had quarrels with your parents before. Yeah. So it's it's not like you love them any less. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but yeah, they're just 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 a little something for parents to think about. Because I, I, I do worry about people who they they feel like they want to adopt. And then after that, halfway down the journey, they go like, ah, oh, I think it's too much trouble, too much work and everything. I don't think I'm cut out for it. And then they stop. You know, so just just consider all these things first. There'll be a lot of pros and cons. Just be prepared that you are mentally and emotionally ready for this journey. Yeah, I think it's really, really good advice for people to keep in mind whether or not you're going to adopt, even if you are just, you know, going to be a parent. I think that still applies. Thank you so much for opening up your heart to be so candid about your experience with me and also for making the time to chat. It's really late at night, so I really (laughs) appreciate you doing this with me yeah night times are mom's times isn't it <laughs> there's a time when everybody's asleep that's the only time their mothers have yeah. to do anything <laughs> exactly yeah but thank you very much for, for for wanting to speak with me actually i i just hope that i i was able to help you i mean with whatever questions you actually ask i hope i managed to answer them yeah thank you thank you for sharing if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you followed us on Instagram at It Takes a Kampong. Feel free to slide into our DMs to share your thoughts or let me know what you might like featured next. Till next time!